Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and undoing the programming within us. Let's find your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Hello, everyone. Uh, today, Today felt like a good day for a solo cast, just to check in with everyone and maybe give you a little insight into what's going on in my world and some of the things that I'm working through, thinking about, like, let's just talk about it, the the current situation um, with COVID-19. You know, one of the things, I was having a conversation with a, a, a really close friend yesterday and you know, I think objectively, like we both have pretty stable families. We both have three kids all around the same ages. And what was remarkable to us was the seeming lack of understanding of the impact this is having on our kids. I can say that my kids all seem a little different uh, in their own way. It's just like a difficult situation because I think everyone's so concerned with the virus and getting the virus and there's a lot of fear around that. But when we look, kind of parse the numbers, the survival rate is extremely high, 99.96 something, something crazy like that. Yet it seems like there's an overcorrection towards that. Um, And I don't mean to make light of this, that the, 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 those in charge have an easy task. They don't. I don't envy it. I personally don't know what the right kind of remedy is or the right solution for all of this. But what, what seems to be very apparent is the way the, the, the kind of schools are approaching this is they're, they're, they're putting such an emphasis on how can we get these kids to learn and do the, the academic side. And um, actually we had a close fr- couple of close friends that were in town uh, just recently and we were having this discussion. There's such a focus on the academic side, which frankly, I don't think it's that important. Um, school, sure, you go and you learn about things. But school isn't generally about a direct experience. It's about reading, memorizing, trying to figure out from kind of an outsider's perspective. Yet in this time, it seems like the most important thing for the kids is to connect with one another socially in in whatever way they can. Yet there's such a wall up, whether it's the six feet of social distancing, the mask, the home learning. And again, I, I understand that there has to be some, some, some of these things in place. But again, we're so worried about what, what are they learning? Are they, are they learning these core subjects? Like who, who cares? They're not going to get behind. But when they can't connect with one another, when they're together, like what, are, what, like what, like what do we do with that? Um, it feels like we've lost, and this is what my friend Michael is, he says, we feel like we've lost, what's the objective of school? On some level, there is that learning piece, but can we just put that aside and figure out the best way to get these kids to be around one another? I mean, my oldest is fortunate because he's playing basketball. Some, you know, Thursdays through Sundays, he'll have six games. And when he's in a game, there's no mask, they're playing. As it turns out, throughout the whole entire summer, his total, his whole organization, which is, I don't even know, maybe there are 10 teams. They probably played in eight different tournaments each. Not one kid got it. And there was no kind of outbreak. Um, and so he, he was able to have these amazing experiences in the framework of a team. 
But the other kids don't have that um, opportunity. And I don't think a lot of kids do. Uh, so, so what, again, I, 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 I'm trying to, you know, think of what the solution is because I don't want to just bitch about it. But why can't we just shift the focus a little bit away from the books in trying to get the kids smarter that way. And why, why can't we just worry about their mental health? Because that's the thing that's long lasting. There's some, there's some shit going on for some kids right now and adults for sure. But the kids are in these formative years and this stuff is going to have lasting effects. You know, Peyton and I are trying to be mindful of that. We're trying to give the kids space to do the things they want, but also like we're... We really want to get them to go outside more. Um, even though that, that's not the first thing on their mind, they're, they're, they're in their home learning. And when that's done, they want some downtime. And their version of downtime is talking with their friends on the phone, which is a, is a form of connection. So we're okay with that. But it's hard for us to draw the line without feeling kind of uh, dictatorial. But... It's just been a little, a little frustrating because I honestly, I don't have a solution. Maybe that's the problem. There's not a solution. But if we just could shift a little bit away from the academics and maybe, you know, to be fair, um, you know, I know when we filled out kind of the, we filled out several forms throughout the last couple of months for our school and what we care about. And honestly, like, we were in the minority. <laughs> Like parents really wanted their kids back at school and learning and um, that, you know, I understand if you send your kid to a private school, you're spending a lot of money, but what if we just didn't worry about the learning and we thought about the implications of, of what this novel situation is for all these kids? So it's just something that, again, I wish I had a better answer for it, but what if just their, our objective, as my friend Michael said, what if the objective was more about focusing on the social opportunities for the kids in a way that was meaningful, um, rather than being so rigid? Um, so I don't know. That's just something that, I don't know if that's something that you all are seeing as well, or if you disagree with me, or, I mean, everyone's entitled to, the, their opinion and how they feel, but it's just one of the things I've been kind of thinking about that's been been tough to to understand. And and uh, you know, I just had a podcast that came out with James Fitzgerald, and we'd actually we've been talking about this before, and we we meant to kind of bring it into the conversation, but he brought up this term for me, and I believe I'm gonna might mess it up, but it's 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 a quixotic solution that just means that it's the best, the schools are doing the best they can, they have the best solution that doesn't make any uh, logical sense. So don't try to think about it logically because it, it will contradict itself several times. And I do understand that. And, and, and I'm, I don't mean to, um, you know, be negative towards the schools because I think, they are doing the best they can. It's, this, is, this is a very kind of an untenable situation. So just looking at it through that lens, like don't try to make sense of it because it, it won't make sense. But if our, if our objective maybe shifted from let's make sure these kids are prepared academically for the next step, whether it's going into college or going into high school or the next grade, like let's, let's maybe let that slide for a bit and, and try, try it. But again, I don't know that our school was really, uh, that was, I think the majority of the parents felt differently. So then there's that, right? So they're trying to create the best solution for, I guess, the majority, which I don't know what else you can really do. Um, but that, that's, yeah, it's such a, it's such a tough situation. But anyway, um, onto something maybe a little bit more exciting on, at least for me and, and, and Peyton, my wife Peyton, we recently started to uh, 
this vision that we've had for the past couple of years about creating a, a retreat center, some, some space center to bring people to for healing, for support, for love, for just exploring exploring our lives in a different way, it's starting to happen. We, we, we were able to purchase some land not too far from our house. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of property that I've seen, in, in, in mostly because of this incredible water feature that, that truly feels sacred. It doesn't feel, it feels like it should be, um, you know, a national park. And so we feel very fortunate that opportunity came about. And uh, what was funny is probably earlier this year, I had this very clear vision about what, what I wanted. I could see this retreat area and it was, there was like this opportunity to have kind of like a, a like an old school salon like a place where people could congregate and if you've listened to my podcast before you know that I really love vinyl so this is really like an amazing you know record player stereo system there's an altar there which creates more of a sacred space for people to share the things that are their sacred items so this 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 space this like like living room, uh, lounge type of space, um, really gets some life and some energy. And so I had this very clear vision about it. And I was walking down that old path of, I have this vision, you know, da, 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 hop on board with me, pay like, right. This sounds great. Doesn't it? And it wasn't a collaborative effort. And it was met with resistance, rightfully so, because it wasn't our vision. It was my vision and me trying to shoehorn her vision into it. Like, no, we can do all the things you want to do too. And, and, and fortunately this time, I understood that I was in this um, space where I wanted her to kind of cooperate with, with, what, I, with I, what I wanted to create. And I let it go. And months and months went by and then we both kind of organically decided it was time to start looking for something. And we both walked onto this property and we're like, this is it. And from there, every bit of the process has been collaborative. Um, and to be fair, I've even, um, I've let, Peyton kind of shepherd and really guide the process, which has been really fortunate because she had a, she actually had a clear vision of who was going to help us create this space. And it was dear friends of ours from Chicago that we've known for 20 years. Um, Michael is, was our architect on our, our very first home in Chicago, which we still absolutely adore. And you know, that was a long time ago for me and I was in a different headspace. So I didn't quite understand Michael's genius. Peyton did. She was very attuned to it. And so in her vision, Michael and his wife, Michelle, who's also an architect, they were going to be the ones that were going to help us create this space. So they were just here and they did exactly what I would have wanted. I don't have any idea how to execute any of this. What I know is these are some of the things that like my 30,000 or freaking 300,000 foot view, this is what it looks like. Now go make it cool. And to say they over-delivered is, is, is an understatement. And so we are so excited about that. It was great to reconnect with them. It's been a long time. Um, but just to spend some time with them here in Austin and spend some time out on the property to just watch them work and watch them work as a partnership too is really, really special. Um, always great for, for us to see others, other partnerships that create enough space for both of them. And so I think that was uh, on so many levels was a really, really enlightening kind of moment for us but anyway we're super excited about it 
We're going to do some things, hopefully rather quickly to get it up where we can start having some people um, gather with us. And then there's a longer term plan as well. So I'm excited to start to, you know, we'll start to share some of that stuff on Instagram or, or wherever. But, um, but yeah, we're really excited about what that vision is starting to, how it's emerging. So yeah, it's right now we're still working on kind of what the name is, but it's called the Great Work Ranch right now. So to be determined, it may it may stay uh, with that title, but uh, it's subject to change as we uh, as we're inspired, I should say. But that also brings me to like recently for me personally, I just still gotten into one of those modes where the 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 flow between Peyton and I was was not great. And yeah, it's just like the communication piece. Yeah, it's something that uh, that I'm continuing to work on, and uh, I kind of came up a little short lately. So it's uh, <laughs> you know, things are things are good now, but there was a period where we were just missing each other's signals, and I think she did a better job of communicating. And so that's kind of my work is to like, it's okay. There's no shame in kind of missing one another and missing the signals. But I think, I think we both need to do a better job of saying what we want. I think men and women, I think we assume the other's going to pick up on signals. And we, you know what, it's just, it's been a long time throughout history where we, we've just shown as a species, not to be able to really do that. So what if we were more direct with what our needs are? It's not to say that we shouldn't be attuned anyway, but I think, um, you know, for me, I've, I've, you know, I think we've both been juggling things and I have a tendency when I need to get things done is to just do the tunnel vision and get it done. And I'm able to get things done, but it sometimes is at the expense of some things that are, are more important. So still, still a lot of work to do over here, but I'm uh, grateful for Peyton for, for stepping up and sharing her frustrations. Um, I didn't necessarily receive it in a way that I would have hoped, but eventually um, I, I, I was able to accept it. So that's that. That's a bit of my work that I'm, uh, I'm still engaged in. And I think, unfortunately, it's something that's going to always, well, I don't want to say that. I don't want to just predict that that's how it's going to be. But uh, yeah, I know that, that my work is to start to be in more of an accepting mode and not have such, you know, my vision of clarity and my predictive model on how things are going to go. That's just something that I've, I've done for a long time. And it's, it's a, uh, it's a hard bit of unlearning. Yeah. But by the time this releases, I will have completed uh, the first unlearn experience, which has been an eight week online on some level brotherhood, but that doesn't quite capture all that it is. Uh, this weekend, we are having our in-person retreat. is kind of the the big closing circle for for all the the men who are able to travel to Austin to make it happen. But this, you know, this really started it started back when I started this podcast. What's what's my intention with a podcast? My intention is to share what I'm going through, to share the people that have helped me understand myself better, that have given me tools to understand myself in this world better. And I kind of curated these experiences for this group of men. So there were 16, 17 of us total who were part of this experience. And the idea was each, you know, every other week, basically, I would bring on a different expert, a different guide. Boyd Vardy, one week. Boyd coming in and talking about purpose, inner tracking. And again, the idea was, these men came to this group with this level of questioning. And it wasn't about, am I enough on the path? I think a lot of us get caught up like, well, I'm not, I'm not far enough. I've heard this. I've heard this from people that have reached out about it. Like, I just don't think I'm far enough along to do this. 
All you need to have to be a part of this brotherhood is a curious and questioning mind. Do you have that? Are you, are you questioning the way you've always done things and saying, you know, it's maybe not working anymore. Maybe my measures of success, my metrics for success, they just aren't, they're not fulfilling me anymore. They got me a long way. They've uh, created maybe some financial freedom for you. Maybe you've met some amazing people, but it's not working at work anymore or it's not working in your life, or something's happening in your relationship, where you're checking the boxes of how you're, so, how you're supposed to show up as a husband, a wife, a partner, a dad, mom, however, a friend. Maybe you're doing the things, but something's missing in that connection. So what if we went into our own journeys, and again, with a questioning mind, and started to use some of these tools, started to use the inner tracking of Boyd Vardy? And what does that mean? Or if we brought on a Dr. Jerome, and he introduces the Enneagram. And we get to explore ourselves. The Enneagram is, is part personality test. It's part how we see the world. It's part how we deal with our emotions in the world. There are nine kind of types. And as Dr. Jerome says, we're not one type. We're all nine types, but in different layers. And so the top, you know, two, three, four are the things that come really easiest to us. And that's really the, that's, those are our strengths in the world. Those are the things that, that we just, we wake up and that's how we really move to the world. The, the ones that are maybe the bottom couple, the bottom two, three, those, when someone shows up in our life that way, or if we have to do something using that, those modalities, those are our triggers. And so it becomes really challenging. Well, what if we knew about all this? What if we knew that, to be like the peacemaker feels really uncomfortable for me. So when that, when I have to get into that mode, it's just, it's, it's a grind, it's a struggle. So maybe I could bring someone, maybe my partner has that ability. And so I could lean on my partner for that. So he really was able to bring this, this kind of self-awareness, this insight into self about, how we individually move through the world. And then if you, if any of you listen to the podcast that Peyton and I had with Dr. Jerome, he's then able to work with your relationship and how these two people with their Enneagram, how do they work together and what are the triggers for each? And, you know, for me, like I'm, you know, my top three are all gas pedals. So go, go, go where Peyton is less so. And so how can those two things work together? How can we have a common language about how we move through this relationship so that we understand when, you know, I understand that I'm being triggered because I feel like Peyton is putting on a break for me and that doesn't feel good. Well, maybe she's putting on a break because I'm not listening to her because I'm going 180 miles an hour. Oh, okay. So it's not, you know, it's almost like a chicken and egg thing, but what if we just let go of that and said, oh, we're just not seeing one another. So he, his, his um, individual calls for each of the guys and then the group call was really awesome. Uh, then we, we had uh, my dear brother, who's also been on the podcast, Eric Godsey came on. We talked a lot about Jungian archetypes and what it means, masculine, feminine. We got, actually, we went down a rabbit hole with depression, anxiety, and where those things come from and how they're treated typically in our society and, and, and just kind of reimagining um, how we could start to work with these things. We also, you know, one of the things Eric brought was this amazing journaling course that we, we all had the opportunity to do. There was no kind of pressure to do it. You'd kind of do it on your own time. And that was the other thing. Something I learned when I was at Byron Katie's nine-day workshop, which I left after four days, <laughs> because she said, you know what? This is your school, and this is your opportunity. And, and any of the guys who've been part of the Unlearned Experience have heard me say that. Like, This is your experience. If you have to miss a call, if you aren't vocal sometime, or if you're just sitting back, if you don't talk at all, and you're just paying attention and listening, and that feels good for you, this is your opportunity. This is your 
unlearn experience. So just do with it whatever you feel without judgment. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just glad you showed up. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're curious. I'm glad that you trust in me and my ability to curate the experience and to bring these experts on to learn from them. And then we brought on, again, another guest on the podcast, Laura Co. Laura was able to teach us how to get into our intuition in a way that I think was new to every single one of the brothers. And it's about tapping into the Akashic records and getting into the knowing of the higher self. And I know it's going to sound a little woo-woo. I'll try to land it for you, but kind of get into this mental space where you're your chattering mind, your questioning mind, your, I guess the, the rational mind is, is taken uh, offline and you tap into this greater knowing and that's your intuition or it's your higher self. It's, it's, you know, it's spirit. It's whatever it means to you, but you're able to see things much more clearly. It kind of cleans that windshield for you uh, and you stop worrying. Up. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not a derivative of other people's opinions or what you think you should do based on society. It's like this clear vision, usually spoken through metaphor of, of what you're meant to do, whether it's with your relationship, with your current work situation, or maybe it's your life's work. What's that direction look like? Uh, and in this next unlearned experience, we're going to bring on an amazing um, astrology um, South African. So we've got, oh my gosh, I just realized we're going to have three South Africans on the next Unlearned Experience. We're going to have Boyd, who's from South Africa. Dr. Jerome lives here, but he was born in South Africa and spent years there. And then uh, Diane is going to be doing our astrology piece. And that is all about, and we're going to finish with that one. And it's vision. Like now, how do you move forward with what you learned from Boyd with your purpose and your inner tracking? Dr. Jerome, when we go into self and how you individually work with the Enneagram, Laura's ability to tap into her practice for getting you into your own intuition and then taking all that, we land with this really beautiful vision piece, which I think is going to blow some people's minds as well. So it's been an amazing experience. You know, I was asked today, what, what do you, what would you want? You know, what are some things that you would want these men to leave with from this experience? And it was pretty clear to me for one, I wanted to give them some tools that maybe they didn't have access to or didn't know how to access it's like I said, I curate these different guides, these different experts, and bring them into the group. And now you have the opportunity to go a little deeper than surface layer to figure out if this is something that works for you. And then you can put that in your toolbox. So the idea was to expand your toolbox to get away from maybe what we learn from society, what they've told us, how they've conditioned us, maybe the church. Maybe school, maybe mom and dad, maybe all these things and more. What if we started to use other things to tap into what we really want, who we really are? Who am I without all this conditioning, without all these masks? Like, what do I really want? And each one of these experiences taps into that in a different way. And they all stack on one another and they fit together quite beautifully in this kind of a puzzle or whatever the metaphor is, but it really, it exceeded what I thought it was going to be able to do, to be honest with you. The one that I thought people would have the hardest time with was working with Laura in the Akashic Records because that just feels like you're really getting into this different space. And so many of the brothers connected to that. And because they were able to connect it, it blew their mind that they had the ability to do something that, you know, you would only expect a channel or a medium or someone of that ilk to be able to access. But it's within all of us. And I think Laura did a beautiful job of guiding that experience, 
holding hands when she needed to, but we all got into the records. So that was really, really amazing. And then, like I said, we we wrap up this weekend in Austin. We're going to spend some time out at that new property. We're going to spend some time at my house. We're going to have a sound healing from a dear friend, Tina Rodriguez. Uh, it's going to be Saturday night. We have just some amazing food from Franklin's Barbecue. And then a really close friend of mine owns Carve American Grill, which is some amazing food. So we're just... We're going to be well-fed. We're going to be amongst one another. We're going to do a workout together over at my house, spend some time in the sauna, the cold plunge, do some rock stacking, maybe play some basketball. We're going to be together. There's going to be a little bit of ceremony, like with the sound healing. We're going to do a little hape, which is that sacred yeah, uh, tobacco from the Amazon. But we're really just going to really close out this chapter of the unlearned experience. And then from there, you know, those that feel called to continue to do the work, we're going to start something in the beginning of the year called the unlearned brotherhood. And that's a monthly deep dive. One expert, one guide per month where we go deep. And um, I'm excited to launch that still working out the details, but that's, yeah, super exciting. We've got another Unlearn experience starting October 27th, which is a Tuesday. I have been saying it's the 29th, which is a Thursday, but with some scheduling stuff and with Thanksgiving, we decided to go on Tuesday to make it easier. Um, we're going to kick off again with Boyd Vardy, which is, which is exciting because Boyd always sets the tone. So lots of good stuff going on. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm probably close to half full right now for the unknown experience. So if you're thinking about joining this next group, this next cohort, pause right now. Go to thegreatunlearn.com under the unlearned experience. Click on there. Fill out the form. Book a call with me. Like I said, we probably have eight spots left. I think we have eight taken care of right now. This is as of recording. So, um, but we'll cap it at 16 like we did. That felt like a really good number. Uh, yeah. And if you have any questions about it, even if you're not sure, like, I don't really want to fill, fill out the form and we can just talk about it on the call. Um, or you can always ping me on Instagram, cal.callahan. DM me, ask me any questions you want. Uh, I'm happy to get back to you. I'll send you a voice memo, whatever, um, to answer any of your questions. But that's, you know, some of the stuff that's really got me charged and excited. Um, and unfortunately, being so focused on, you know, wrapping up this one and doing the retreat and starting the next one and doing the Unlearned Brotherhood, it's, it's got me a little bit, um, you know, engaged, pulled away from some of the family stuff. And so I'm still working on keeping the balance there. Um, I haven't perfected it yet, but, uh, I have a greater awareness when I get kind of pulled into that and just, you know, setting up the boundaries and still being able to show up, uh, and then execute on the back end, uh, is important. So, you know, that's, yeah, some of the stuff that I've been, been, uh, really excited about engaging in lately. I also want to just shout out the, the partners that have helped with um, the unlearned experience and actually the giveaway that we did. But, um, you know, Caveman Coffee was a, was a phenomenal uh, partner for us. My brother, Tate Fletcher, is one of the founders over there. And not only for the giveaway, um, but for, you know, each one of the brothers got a gift box. And in the gift box was some coffee from Caveman Coffee and a few of their packaged drinks. The brothers were excited to receive that. We got some Blue Ash Farm from my uh, close friend, old trading buddy, Bill O'Donnell, who started this amazing kind of spirits company based out of Argyle, Wisconsin. Some of you know that there's, you know, he's got three types of bourbons. He's got the regular kind of, uh, you know, your, your, your garden variety bourbon. And then he's got a maple bourbon and a honey bourbon. The maple comes from the maple on his farm, the maple trees. And the honey comes from the bees 
on his farm. He's a beekeeper as well. And then he has a cherry vodka. The, the, the vodka is flavored from real Wisconsin cherries. So that's why it's red. He has a gin that I will literally put up against anyone's, not only in the taste, but in the, the botanical smell. It's amazing. And then he has a vodka that's, as far as I can tell, um, stands to any of them as well. So uh, I don't have a gift code there for you all because it's not through that distribution yet. But I will say for Caveman Coffee, if you use UnlearnX in the coupon code, you will receive 20% off your order. So please do that. Ritual Zero Proof, I've spoken about them before. Uh, one of my best friends has done a lot of work with them. And uh, those guys have been phenomenal partners of the, the podcast from the day I launched. They've always sent me product, product for my guests, product for giveaways, product for the gift, backs, uh, gift, gift boxes. So uh, if you haven't tried their stuff, uh, there's another, I have another coupon code. If you go to Unlearn X, you can get, uh, you buy one, you get one 50% off. So that, if my math is correct, is 25% off both. Uh, so yeah, please check them out. They have an al gin alternative, a whiskey alternative, and a tequila alternative. My personal favorite is the tequila alternative. It's got this great smoky little spicy flavor and pairs well with a lot of different products. So um, check them out for sure. Now, one partner, actually, uh, he's become a, a really close friend of mine. Uh, is the founder of Pulp Culture and uh, 101 Cider House, which they're both uh, fermented juices that do happen to contain alcohol, but they're really these healthy alcoholic beverages. Uh, my good friend Mark is one of the, well, he's the founder, and uh, he was kind enough to send all the brothers a really generous package of both Pulp Culture and 101 Cider House. And <laughs> oftentimes, uh, during the calls, the guys would be having a few of these drinks and, um, they just really, um, it's a way it's to, it's, it's created a space for the guys to share something together that one of the brothers has created. And I think that's been really, um, really cool to have some of these elements within what we've been doing with the Unlearned Brotherhood. Um, and so, yeah, thanks to Mark for, for sharing that. And uh, if you put in Callahan, the coupon code, you get 15% off your order. So I highly recommend that as well. What else do we have going? Uh, I am in the process of working out the details with Boyd and his team for the great unlearning journey in South Africa in June of 2021. There will only be five spots available. Uh, I will be uh, promoting this a little bit more later, um, the end of this year, beginning of next year. I know a lot of people have reached out and want to work with Boyd. He's not doing any personal coaching right now, but this would be an opportunity uh, to join me uh, in a trip to the game reserve and Boyd and I are putting together a program that I think is gonna be pretty amazing. So keep, uh, keep your eyes and ears open for that and ping me anyway, if you're interested and I'll, I'll make sure that you receive any information that comes down the line with regards to that. Um, what else? Oh, I kind of got sidetracked. What did I want these guys to take away from this experience? And, um, you know, like I said, I wanted them to have these tools. And so, you know, using that old paradigm, bam, check that box. I think they have those tools now. What else did I want? I wanted them to have a brotherhood when they're questioning these things, to be surrounded by others that are questioning their own things, and to be supported, to be seen, to be heard. And it was amazing for me to watch the different kind of constellations of guys getting together in little groups and reaching out one-on-one, -on -one, you know, offline and just how they were supporting one another. And it's exactly what, what I wanted to have happen with this brotherhood. I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wanted to be the guy that was bringing everyone together and help kind of facilitate this. 
but it was dependent upon all of us sharing our gifts in our ability to listen and to hold space for one another. And that's what happened. Um, and so we got the tools. Perfect. We've created this brotherhood that's been amazing. And then I really wanted to turn this idea of questioning everything. I really wanted to turn that on its head and say, can you just sit? Can you sit in the inquiry of questioning things without landing on an answer? Because what, what we're taught, and please feel free to reach out to correct me if, if your experience is different, but from what I understand, certainly from my experience and from those around me, we're taught that we're supposed to have answers. Certainly what we're taught in school. Memorize, spit it back, you get the answer right, you get a good grade. What if the real answers are about sitting in the inquiry and just allowing for the space to not know? Doesn't mean you're not trying to land on some understanding, but what if you're getting to how you feel about these different ideas? Can you sit without being able to check the box? Can you sit without being able to wrap up that loose end and tie it in a, a, a pretty bow? Can you sit in the inquiry? Can you, can you allow that inquiry to go into more inquiry? And then when you realize you don't know, can you be okay with that? Or is it too much? You know, these guys understood, I, I think, you know, that uh, even though I was kind of setting this whole thing up and I don't know if they had an idea that I had the answers, but I think what I was able to show them is I don't. But I try to ask good questions and I try to be okay with what it uncovers because that's, that's the real juice there. What is it uncovering for me? What's a blind spot for me now? Then that awareness allows me to move through that, move with it and create enough space for all of it to be there. So those three things were really important to have the tools to, to really in, in, you know, kind of increase that, that your ability to go into the work with different, um, different modalities. And then this brotherhood really exceeded what I thought could be created in an online environment. And I'm really excited to see what happens when we all get together this weekend. I think it's going to be just magic, but um, that remains to be seen because I really don't know. Can you be okay not knowing? Can you sit in the inquiry and just let it be there? Can you create enough space to not know? And then above all, if there's some overarching piece to all of it, I wanted these guys to leave with this idea of their own personal sovereignty, that they were good. They had this package that allowed them to move through their questioning, right? Their questioning of how they're viewing the world with this idea that they're good. And, and when they're not sure, they have brothers to call on. They have modalities to tap into. And they have the ability to just sit with it too. Um, and so I think all of these things, by and large, were really achieved. I'm excited to get feedback from the guys and, you know, what worked, what, what didn't. You know, I already have some ideas about how we're going um, to iterate after this first one and really um, hone in on what worked really well and the, the kind of really the ordering of some things are changing. So I feel really good about that. But all these things were, you know, I didn't know going in that that's what I necessarily wanted for them. But as I went through, it's like they just, these things just started to emerge because these were the things that helped me start to open up and be able to walk along this path, this journey, this questioning, this, this inner work with some confidence that I was on the right path, that I could go without really knowing. So something that Boyd likes to talk about. And you just go without knowing. And just follow your gut, your intuition. You know, and again, these things all stack with one another. You, know, you bring in that intuition piece that Laura helps us get really deep into. And then understanding how you move through the world, right? Through the Enneagram. And then, again, we didn't have 
Diane for the astrology this past time, but when Diane comes in and, and creates your own personal vision for how you're, you know, gives you a little bit of framework, maybe a little more understanding about what's ahead of you. I mean, that's some powerful shit right there. There, you know, I, but I also did want to bring up a few books that I've been into lately. Uh, and I want to thank Kyle Kingsbury because Kyle turned me on to a couple of these guys. I got turned on to this book, Lizards Eat Butterflies, An Antidote to the Self-Help Addiction by Dr. David Martin. Dr. David Martin is prominent in this new documentary called Plandemic Indoctrination. It's not the first piece that Mickey Wheelis put out, but it's the, the full-length version. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. It's fascinating. Um, and Dr. David Martin was brilliant in it. And I've really enjoyed reading his work or listening to it, reading and listening to it on Audible. So I highly recommend this book. I also recommend watching Plandemic and watching it with an open mind. Uh, Mickey is going to be a guest on this podcast. And so I'm excited to have him on and just fire away and ask him questions about his research and his path, his journey. And he, he ended up here in Austin, which a lot of great people are, are descending upon this city, which feels really exciting. So Plandemic, I really enjoyed it. It's eye-opening. Yeah, look for Mickey on the podcast. Hoping to record that one in the next couple of weeks. And then Kyle also told me about this uh, podcast that Joe Rogan, fellow Austinite, fellow podcasting Austinite. I got a guy by the name of Douglas Murray, a guy from the UK on. And he has a book called The Madness of Crowds, Gender, Race, and Identity. And it's a fascinating book. But the podcast that came out in September with, uh, I highly recommend that one as well. Douglas Murray on Joe Rogan. Pretty fascinating. Um, but that book, The Madness of Crowds, I'm probably halfway through. I've really enjoyed listening to that one as well. And he's got a great voice. Got that really super cool British voice. And he's, he really, really speaks conversationally. So you'll enjoy listening to that one on Audible. And then a, a book that I received a couple of years ago from... Uh, my brother, Ryan Frisinger, it's called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now by Jerron Lanier. I kind of dug back into that one just to understand my relationship better with social media. Uh, I don't know if you all have seen Social Dilemma, but I think that started to pique my interest again about what is my relationship with social media and how can I have a positive relationship with that medium that helps support some of the work that I'm doing and reaching out to people um, because it is a platform that's effective, but, but how can I be in the right relationship with that particular platform? And so I'm exploring that one as well. Again, that's called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. And he's brilliant. He's on The Social di uh, Dilemma. Uh, and I actually started watching another uh, documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called The Creepy Line. Not lion like roar, but line. L-I-N-E. It's about Google and Facebook. I'm not done with it yet, but it's fascinating. Jerron's on that one as well. I highly recommend that. And then when you're done with all that, you got to watch Ted Lasso. It's a, it's a new series on um, Apple+. Plus. And it's the perfect antidote to some of this other stuff that's really heavy, whether it's pandemic, social dilemma, or the creepy line. Like, get yourself some Ted Lasso and maybe spread it out. After you watch one of these documentaries, watch a couple episodes of Ted. Jason Sudeikis is ridiculous. He's so good. So, like, this is one of my favorite comedy, and it's got some heart to it that, that I've seen. It, don't get me wrong. Like, there's... The Kenny Powers, um, Vice Principals, the uh, the the Righteous Gemstones, like all that Danny McBride stuff is just on a different level for me. And so we'll we'll give a couple couple more seasons until I really start to throw Ted Lasso into that pantheon. Um, but it is you will love it if you watch it. You need to ping me and let me know that you watched it because it is 
So amazing. So thank you to Gina and Matt McConnell for telling Peyton about this because we've absolutely loved it. We're super bummed that it's only one season because when it was over, we're like, damn. So maybe we'll have to watch it again because it's that good and uplifting and so well done and so well written. And uh, yeah, highly recommend it. But anyway, that's it. Uh, I appreciate your time. I hope you all are doing well. Yeah, reach out to me. Either go to the website, you can ping me that way or go on Instagram, cal.callahan. I answer all my own stuff. I'm not that busy yet. Um, So I'd love to hear from you. I always enjoy that type of engagement. Um, And if you're at all called to the unlearned experience, if anything I said resonates, if you're having that little itch that you're questioning something, something's not quite right, you know, maybe it's with your relationship or maybe it's with work or I'm not going to tell you to drop everything. So don't come calling for that. But hopefully I can help you reorient, look through a different lens um, and start to, to change things that allow for you to live what is your authentic, your true gift. Um, that's what I've been working on. and. Uh, with a decent amount of success and I still get pulled off it. So that that's important for me when I do get pulled off it to understand like, this is not something I should be doing or need to be doing. Like, let's get back to what's my path. And so as of recording this, we have eight spots left. Ping me. I'd love to hear from you. This online experience has been phenomenal and you will not be disappointed. So anyway, have a great uh, rest of your day. I appreciate you listening and we'll talk soon. Much love. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, please check out the show notes or head on over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events and retreats. If you liked what you heard today, click subscribe and share this with friends that might enjoy our platform. Please leave a five-star rating in iTunes as this really helps us spread our message. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bunker Cal and on Facebook as John Callahan. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon.